Everyone, welcome to another edition of Founder Wisdom Podcast. Today we have Mobin Ayub. He is the founder of Mobinity Global. And today we're going to talk about a bunch of cool stuff regarding HR, recruiting, his past startups, and everything in between. So, Mobin, welcome to the podcast. Can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about Mobinity? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much, Charles, for introducing yourself and introducing this podcast. I'm really honored to be here and would love to talk about the journey so far I have had and any lessons that could be helpful for anyone listening to us. Okay, so tell us about Mobinity. Tell us about uh, what is Mobinity, what you guys do. Sure. So the journey basically started with me as a sole freelancer. So I started offering digital marketing and analytics projects uh to international clients mm-hmm. uh let me just fix my audio list. sure yeah your so, audio is fine by the way i can hear you fine okay. okay okay perfect so it started off as an analytic service offering as a freelancer on basic freelance websites such as fiverr and upwork so i started from there but with time i realized that i need to polish my expertise towards like uh, towards the consulting side rather than just the solution side so that's how the journey has grown from there. So we started in 2016 and as the year passed and I gained some corporate experience, so I merged both things into my service offerings. And now what we are doing is we are offering profitability consulting to startups that are like booming in Pakistani ecosystem now. And we offer them analytics and business intelligence solutions. And, you know, uh, we offer digital marketing services to a number of e-commerce clients online uh, from U.S., Australia, uh, mostly English-speaking countries. And now we are getting clients from Middle East as well. Okay, let's talk about profitability consulting. So people come and see you and ask you a question, how could we get more profitable? What do you do then? Yeah, Yeah, so the first first thing starts uh, off as like we want to learn about them and their journey about the business mostly and from there it goes into the technical aspects of the business so for example if you are my potential client or my client so I would start off with your sales numbers then I would start with your current profit numbers your journey towards that profitability uh, percentage And then, you know, if you have been improving, not improving, declining in profits, such kind of trends that we want to analyze, then we review your financials, uh, including the balance sheets and your income statements. From there, you know, as a consultant, we have an eye for opportunities and gaps. So, and there are questions that arise from the numbers that we see in your financial. And from there, like we, ask you questions and then we investigate further by diving into aspect by aspect, starting from the top line to the gross margins, then to the fixed cost, then the variable cost, um, your human resource structure, your organization structure. So improving sales is a simpler task, but improving profitability involves, you know, objective and subjective evaluations. So it's, it's kind of complex, but we have we, we use frameworks for you know objective evaluations and then subjective evaluations like people systems um, organization structures incentive plans and how all these things 
and the loans, interest, all those things are contributing to your bottom line. So wherever there is an opportunity to improve, that's where you know we provide the consulting that these are the areas to focus on. Um, and just like concluding my this um, comment, so once we find the areas to focus on, then we prioritize based on the importance of each one for the startup, considering their timing, their priorities, and how they are functioning, maybe their strengths and weaknesses. So based on those things, we prioritize those uh, things to fix. So is the easiest way cost cutting or just focusing on some products that are mostly profitable? What are your top three advice when it comes to becoming more profitable as an agency, a marketing agency, let's say? Yeah, so as a marketing agency, the first thing I would want to look at would be the customers and your team. So because it's services, so services are mainly provided by experts. So I would learn about your team. What is their strength area? What is your strength area? And what are your clients experiencing? So during the consulting, I would want to talk with your clients and understand what they think about you, what service standards they are giving you, what grades and reviews are they giving you? And for example, there are two clients. One is happy, one is happy, but you know the service was not up to the mark. So I would then understand that from your aspect and then see you know which areas of services you need to focus on based on your strength areas. And are those areas of service profitable for you or not? If they're not profitable, then I need to train your team to another service area, which would uh, bring more profits to you. So it's a different journey for every potential customer regarding consulting, especially for profitability. Interesting. And from what I'm getting, your focus would be on existing client base, wouldn't be on generating new sales, but just recurring what is already there because the, the cost per acquisition is zero, right? Um, cost per acquisition is zero. Like, can you explain that? Well, if you bit? already have the clients, you don't need to pay to acquire new clients, right? So is your focus on existing uh, clients rather than finding new clients to make a business more profitable? Yeah, definitely. So if um, in, in services, if the existing client is for kind of digital marketing, then, you know, I would come there and I would ask you, you are providing him digital marketing for his store why don't you, you know, provide some more services to the store? That's what we do, basically. So if the client comes as an Amazon solution, uh, like if we are providing a solution for his Amazon store, I would most probably convert that client to a digital marketing one as well. So these are the bundle offers that you can sell to the existing clients. And if these are like different kind of clients, then, you know, you need to see what are the other areas from which you can gain business from the same client. And then how you can increase your profits for the existing projects going up with those clients. So that's, that's how we do it. Okay, got it. Um, let's talk about recruiting for a moment. So what tips do you have when it comes to recruit recruiting A players in a business? Recruiting A players in the business. Yeah, top talent. Yeah. So top talent, definitely. So that's, that's a hard to achieve task, but what we look for in individuals is curiosity, um, their past growth, 
and past uh, transformation or you know achievements so um, curiosity past achievements and drive and problem solving ability so if a person comes up with these four or five qualities there is a high chance you know they can succeed in a heavy or a strict or in a you know tough business environment and deliver good results but gauging a new talent for these qualities is the challenge for us as talent acquisition managers or recruiters okay let's talk about luxury a little bit so you had uh, you spent time as, at a company that worked with luxury brand tell us a bit more yeah. about your experience there and what you learned sure so i worked as a brand manager with a distributor in pakistan and they also have like distribution of these luxury brands in the middle east and egypt and the egypt region as well so um, i was representing l'oreal luxury portfolio that basically involves armani lancome ysl prada mugler uh, victor and troll and these kind of brands so my task was to develop the business plan for establishing these brands in pakistani market what we do in this uh, function is basically you know uh, you have pricing and then you have retailers to whom you have to sell so it's a b2b business model you sell to the retailers in for example these malls these shops these perfumeries existing in the retail atmosphere those are our customers so the role involves understanding their, their business model the role also involves consumer uh, journeys inside the stores so the most visible places we want to target for the best brands and we want to negotiate those shelf spaces for those top brands so that's uh, and those top brands for us were armani lancome ysl and mugler so these were the top brands and my role in world negotiating with those retailers uh, getting spaces for these brands developing pricing strategies promotions and then you know launching marketing campaigns online and offline to for example in different uh, events such as christmas or in pakistan there is eid then there is you know fathers day and mothers day are across the globe across all religions so we used to develop campaigns and execute them to get uh more sales out of those retailers um, is the pakistani market ripe for luxury do you think uh, it is a growing trend in pakistan and emerging market to buy luxurious items definitely so pakistan is one of the biggest growing markets in the luxury because of a growing upper middle class and the growing upper class so pakistan has a lot of expats Uh, living inside the country families of expats living in pakistan so they are sending money from outside and due to currency conversions their purchasing power is increasing with time so that's a macro trend coming into the market and what's it um, like the way it's developing in the market is we are seeing 10 to 12% growth every year and the total market size is close to i think 2 billion rupees per uh, year so 2 billion rupees per year is roughly you know um 8 to 9 million dollars per year is this a mindset on uh, your website like what tips do you have for 
someone that has, let's say, not a good outlook on life, not a good mindset, what are mindset tips that you would give to a worker to achieve top productivity in a business? Yeah, so um, there are a lot of personal things that come into play when you are performing in a professional environment. So people say, you know, you need to manage your work life, but generally it's hard to differentiate. So in theory, it looks good, but in practicality, you need to see, you know, what motivates you to work in the company and what are your real circumstances. So a lot of time we hear buzz that, you know, follow your passion, but following your passion might not get you money to sustain your next month and to get bread for your family, right? So that's that those are the real factors coming into play. When someone listens to these motivational speeches, they cannot apply those in their daily lives. What I say is like, okay, so you are spending 10, 12 hours a day earning bread for your family. You need to have a positive mindset and you need to spend the rest of the hours for your passion and try to understand and learn how you can merge your passion into an income generating stream. So if your passion cannot generate an income for you, then it's just a hobby. It cannot be monetized. So you need to find a way to entrepreneur, like in an entrepreneurial fashion, how you can monetize your passion. And if you have a mindset of working hard on your passion after your um, work routine, that's where you know the positivity comes in. So you need to be positive going to the day. For example, if my workday is not going good, I like to think about my off time work, which motivates me to be happy in my day work. And that's a part of the mindset training. So focusing on the good things in your life when you are facing something negative. So then that negativity is kind of shadowed due to those positive things in your mind. So it's a game of mind and it's a game of strength. So when we train or coach someone or I train or coach someone, then I go through their personal routines and try to understand what factors are coming into play from their family side, from their job side, from their passion side. And then I coach them how to navigate through those challenges. Okay, and let's say that I have a personal, um, are you saying that I need to fix my personal stuff before I get to work? Um, are we talking about employees here? Can we talk about entrepreneurs too? Do entrepreneurs have these same challenges? What are the top three mindset challenges you see and what are the, the three solutions that could accompany each of them? Sure, so top three mindset challenges are people not being happy in their job and cursing those jobs yeah. <laughs> and not having another job but still cursing the previous one i i face this like so much in my daily life so in those circumstances my question to them is man you are cursing this job okay it's not paying you as you want as much you want it's making you work like extra hours do you have another opportunity that's better than this one and the, most of the time, the answer is no. So in those cases, I say, look, if you don't have an opportunity, then you have to find happiness or try to find some positivity in this work. And if you can't find any positivity in this work, 
then you need to find some positive activities after your work routine so you know you they are kind of feeding your mental health right they are helping you in your mental happiness and that's really important so most of the people like for example there is one person earning bread for the family he has a wife two three kids so in the daytime he doesn't like his job he curses the job and in the evening time you know he doesn't have the money to get a gift for his child's birthday or you know give something to his wife take them out to dinner so that's why the there is tension in the family environment as well so you know in those cases you need to coach them to work on small things that bring happiness with their families and do some activities that can motivate them in their personal lives you know and then i work with them to develop their professional skill set improve their professional jobs or get a opportunity that is better than this one and that's what fuels their growth so it's a it's a long journey when we start coaching because i can't pick someone's 26 years of background of their life or 30 years of background in their lives by one coaching session i need to understand them i need to understand their factors everyone has unique factors at play for their lives and then i need to navigate them through those challenges towards a growth path right yeah for sure that makes sense um you've been delivering speaking gigs has that uh, played out fine for you have you delivered any uh, speaking gigs lately um not very much i have led some events in my student life i have done mentoring uh, conferences in multiple campuses across pakistan um but like i don't do as a commercial activity so as a commercial activity i'm mostly doing these consulting projects and these marketing uh, projects with the clients in the mentoring part i don't kind of like go as a speaker and charge um or like for now i have not developed it as a revenue stream okay are you still in pakistan right now um i am here for a couple of more days i'll be moving to dubai to expand my services now okay why is yeah. dubai attractive as a destination for business so dubai is like recently i visited there like two to three times so what i figured out is it's one of the leading tech um, areas in the world right so dubai has people from 190 plus countries and 50 to 60% are migrants or immigrants from other areas so these factors are like making dubai a hot spot for business and secondly for corporate corporations it's a regional head office most of the banks um companies multinationals all of them are placed in dubai because of the law and order because of the technology that they have at play for managing the governance and you know other taxations so all those things are making it an attractive place for businesses and in terms of gdp it's like 300 billion dollars In so terms of, to uh, register yeah. business in Dubai, it's like five thousand bucks, and then it's fifteen percent yeah. taxation. Is that it? I think it's five percent taxation. Um, That's in I, business, and with with personal, it's zero. Is that what I heard? Yeah. So they have some three hundred thousand dollar ceiling. If you cross that, then you have to pay, I think, five percent. 
otherwise you don't have to pay even 5%. I'm not sure about that. Oh. I, I think it's like that. So it's Must very, very nice. attractive. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years from now? Um, I see myself as a founder of a tech startup. So I have a couple of prototypes in place uh, that I'm exploring to launch as full swing startups. And um, this services company of mine would be growing to 10 to $50 million. That's a vision for my 10 years. Um, I think that's about pretty much it. So one startup that I want to grow to a unicorn stage and one this startup, my services company. Okay. Pretty cool. Where can people find out more about you, Mobin? So people can find more about me by connecting with me on LinkedIn. Uh, they can go to my website, mobilityglobal.com. Um, we are just like um, sorting, but like we just revamped our website. So just sorting the finishing there and it's already live. So they can also set up a consulting session with me, a personal session free for 20 minutes, just have a good conversation. So that's all there. Pretty cool. Mobin, thank you yeah. so much for your time today. Have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Charles. It was very nice talking to you. Um, can you tell me like, where can I find the recording later on? Yeah, it will be, uh, it will be sent to you. Um, automatically, well, not automatically, but I'll tell the team to send it to you, okay? Okay. Thank All you right. so much, y'all. Have a good day, man. Bye.